we must shake off a 2,000-year-old simplification of Christ as our dear Savior, prototype of patience and love, long enough to realize how incomplete this representation, how little known he really is. This was the exhortation of Romano Guardini, the great teacher of Pope Benedict XVI. Indeed, this may be the great struggle of our age. Never, never should the events of Christ's passion be passively acknowledged. For how could we presume to comprehend what occurred on that day. Movies have been made. Reflections have been written. Medical reports detailing the physiological breakdown caused by crucifixion have been published. But these are only spark notes. Christ is more than a movie or reflection. He is more than a medical report. He is a life, genuinely lived in all of its genuine complexity. Complex, mysterious, enigmatic, Jesus sobs from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Moderns hear this strictly as a cry of abandonment. And while Jesus certainly must have felt abandoned, bearing the abandonment that comes with sin upon sin upon sin, upon sin, all of it. There's more to the story. Bystanders thought he was calling on Elijah, but they ought to have known better. In crying out as he did, Jesus prayed the 22nd Psalm which begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he revealed it as a prophecy. Jesus provides the first line, and he allows those who hear to fill in the blank, to remember, to recite what comes next. Do you know what comes next? The next verses? The scribes and the Pharisees did. They knew the scriptures inside and out. They recited these psalms so frequently they were almost family. But none of the scribes who 
at the foot of the cross were shaking their heads and scoffing at the dying victim saw that they were part of the same psalm which says, all who see me mock at me, they make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He committed his cause to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Was it not precisely the same mockery which the chief priests and rulers had just used against Christ Jesus? Were they not laughing at him because having saved others, he couldn't save himself? Were they not challenging him to come down from the cross because he said he was the Son of God? But above all, they who knew the Scriptures should have remembered verses 16 through 19 which were being confirmed at that very moment in an astonishing manner. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. Indeed, this psalm was being fulfilled before their very eyes. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22 begins. But do you know how it ends? All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Yea, to him shall all the proud of the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and he who cannot keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. Men shall tell of the Lord to the coming generation and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn that he has wrought it. More than a death, this is a conquering. The psalm that begins in desperation and abandonment ends confidently in triumph. Jesus on the cross invoked this psalm on purpose. He knew, and he wanted us to know exactly what was going on. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away, and who would have thought any more of his destiny? But there was more to his destiny. Complex, mysterious, enigmatic. Not to be reduced or simplified. Not to be passively acknowledged. Today, as we look at the cross, 
we actively wonder. Today, Psalm 22 is fulfilled in its entirety. And as we wonder in his death, so we will wonder in his life. Jesus, help me to encounter your passion anew, to feel the weight and the magnitude it bears, to wonder at your crucifixion. Allow me to have a share in your death so as to have a share in your life. Amen.